0: Google Podcast, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. I don't know about you, but the sound of the show far really inspires me my my spirit jumps when I hear the shofar glad you could be here last week we had some technical difficulties testing out a new microphone didn't get any input outside of my wife and uh, so so far so good we're going to keep going with it I'm enjoying it I think it's a better microphone always looking to upgrade what we do here still working on some other things As I said, I'm a one-man band, and sometimes I crash the cymbals and hit the wrong note, but here here I am, ready to serve the Lord, ready to talk to you, talk about being hopeful. Before we do that, we're going to get to the community part of the porch. If you don't want to be a part of that, go to the sound of the next shofar, which will take us right into the Bible study, if you'd like to be a part of this. Go to Firefall Talk Radio, use the contact button, or write us at the Porch, lowercase one word, at firefalltalkradio.com. If you have a praise report, a prayer request, if you have a need, if you want me to share it, I'll share it. If not, I'll send it out to the community. But if you're out there and you feel like you're alone, or you just need a little bit more and you want the red letter basics, the porch is the place to be. So I am thankful. I praise the Lord. I do. I praise the Lord. Praise him for my home, for my wife, my family, sons, daughter-in-laws, grandsons, furry kids, and everything he's given us from the roof over our head to the chair I'm sitting in, but most of all for my salvation. I praise him for provision and protection In the days ahead, and I don't know, maybe I will, maybe I won't, Um, whatever the Lord says, maybe we need to start talking Psalm 91 and warfare again, because folks, we're in it. We're in the middle of it. That's why we're looking at these aspects, excuse me, of the days of Noah. Ah, H2O, water. Anyway, um... But I'm thankful that he protects us for the dreams and the visions. Living out Joel 2.28. We are in the latter days. It began on the day of Pentecost. The latter rain began to fall in the upper room, and the fire still falls to this day. Receive it. Praise him for his healing virtues, for divine health, for divine, divine abiding favor for the continuing revelation and presence of the Holy Spirit. Never take that for granted. And the fact that we are a new creation and we live in prophetic times. Many of the older saints that have gone on, including Pastor Shelley, my mentor, and spiritual father whom I miss, he thought he'd see more of these days. But you know what? With what's coming and the hardships I believe that will come upon the earth, I don't believe he would have um, enjoyed it, considering the health issues he had at the end of his life. Ninety-four years old, he had a long ride. And now he's in the comfort and the safety of the Lord. So that's why we pray. We pray, first of all, for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you, Psalm 122, verse 6. No matter what you think, Jerusalem, Israel, is still the apple of his eye. We are grafted into the vine. We are all one family. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, but there is one vine. Pray for America, for our leadership, or lack thereof. Folks, it doesn't matter who's in the White House. It matters who's on the white throne of judgment. And I am not going to worship any man or put my hope in any man or woman or person in politics. My hope is in the Lord praying for all the people that are being victimized right now. Some are waking up. Some are just sheeple, and they're not going to wake up. But I pray for them. Pray for their protection. Pray for the fatherless and the widows, the persecuted and the martyred, the innocent, the poor in spirit, and the victims of injustice. Pray against slaughter of the innocent, the missing and exploited children, the victims of human sex trafficking, Hasatan and the fallen are busy. We need to get busy. We need to do our job to mess up their efforts to do their job. Praying for our brothers and sisters around the world being slaughtered and persecuted for their faith. Don't know if you have the Open Doors app. There's various um, persecution sites you can belong to. Keep track of what's happening to your brothers and sisters out there, even the Jewish brothers and sisters who are being persecuted and being attacked and all these things. It will be Jew and believer, non-Jew, if you call, if you want to call it that, in these days who will suffer together. I pray against the plans and the efforts of the spirit of the Antichrist. They are working hard to push their agenda, to have everything in place for their coming out party. But we, the church, are in its way, and we will stand in its way. Praying for divine protection and inspiration for those that are sick and injured and need help. Divine wholeness, health, and healing are available to us. Claim it. Believe it. Receive it. Find the scriptures that apply to it. If you're listening, I believe you're a part of the remnant. I do not believe the traditional church wants to hear what I have to say. And that's okay. There was a time that bothered me, it no longer does. But if you... Know somebody who you believe is a part of the remnant, who has this end-time calling, who wants the red-letter basics, who's tired of pablum, who's tired of a watered-down, seeker-friendly, man-pleasing message, and tell them to check out the porch. This might be the place for them. Praying that the Lord would open the doors and fund the projects, kingdom finances for kingdom business, so that we can do our job and help you do yours, and especially to save our lost family members, a couple of things really quickly. Um, not going to give you the details, but there's some needs going on here, and uh, pray for divine favor there. Asking for prayers for my son Jesse and his family. They're going through a difficult time. For Jane in Los Angeles. Uh, look. I've known Jane a long time, 2,000, that's 22 years, one of the first participants in our online Bible study and a supporter of The Porch. She's been going through a really rough time over the last year, and now she's in dire need of fervent prayers. If you're a prayer warrior and you think that you want to help, start praying for Jane in Los Angeles. Junior in Oklahoma. He has a new grandson, so blessings upon that. But his son and the girlfriend who had the baby um, are dealing with some stuff right now, are not able to care for the baby. And so he and his wife have the child, Isaiah, and um, they're working on getting custody, whether temporary or permanent, will be determined. But so please pray for Junior in Oklahoma, for he and his wife, and for baby Isaiah. And I'm going to offer up for Kim and Fort Mitchell traveling mercies for her and her family as she heads to visit her mom and brother in Germany. Lord, you know all these things, and I'm, I thank, thank you that you record these things so that days and weeks and months and years after the fact, somebody may listen to this archived episode of The Porch and pray again for those people. We thank you for saving us. We thank you for loving us. We thank you for being our Abba Father, our Papa God, our Daddy. We thank you for Yeshua, for the blood, for the cross, for the empty tomb, for the upper room, for the fire that falls, and the Holy Spirit that walks with us and teaches us and tells us what we need to know and helps pick us up when we fall down. We're living in stressful times, trying times, heavy times. The enemy is out and about doing their thing. Lord, we want to be out and about doing yours, but we need some help. We need healing. We need deliverance. We need blessing. We need encouragement. So let it be so tonight. We take our thoughts captive to the obedience of Messiah. We cast down every vain imagination that would exalt itself over the knowledge of Elion, God Most High, our Father, We pray over the technology. We pray over this word. We come and touch in agreement. In Yeshua's name, amen. Lessons are proprietary information, except where noted, the information comes from outside sources. Combination of that information, the matter presented is exclusive; cannot be repeated or used without permission. The date of this broadcast serves as the registered date of the following information. Well, we're still talking days of knowing. It's interesting. Is um got up this morning very early. A couple of nights this week, it's been that way. Spending a lot of time in prayer really wasn't sure what I was going to talk about, thought I had something. But, and the Lord, what I'm giving you today, the Lord gave me today. Of course, it's his word, the scriptures are his, but we're still talking about the flood. The flood wasn't about destroying the world, but about cleansing it and protecting the only redeemable people he had, Noah and his family, but it was about a future hope. We can focus on the evil, we can focus on the Nephilim, we can focus on all those things, but none of that is going to help you in your walk unless you understand his love and the hope that came during that time. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven says, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. That's his agenda every day for you and I. To give you a future and a hope. God's dealings with his creation involves hope. Paul sprinkles his message with hope. Romans fifteen thirteen. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That is supernatural hope by the power of the Rukh from the Lord God himself. He is the God of hope. So that we understand the biblical ramifications of what is hope, the Holman Bible Dictionary says hope his trustful expectation, particularly with the reference to the fulfillment of God's promises. Biblical hope is the anti- anticipation of a favorable outcome under God's guidance. More specifically, hope is the confidence that what God has done for us in the past guarantees our participation in what God will do in the future. This contrasts with the world's definition of hope as, quote, a feeling that what is wanted will happen. Understood in this way, hope can denote denote either a baseless optimism or a vague yearning after an unattainable goal. If hope is to be a genuine hope, it must be founded on something or someone which affords reasonable grounds for confidence in its fulfillment. The Bible bases its hope in God and his saving acts. Your hope is in God, not in man, not in man-made systems, not in anything of this world. In the Old Testament, it meant to look for something with eager expectation, to rely on something reliable, also correlated to trust. In the New Testament, hope is a verb and a noun to trust, to endure, to expect, or to await. If we did a complete examination of hope in the Bible, it would have to include all of the exhortations, the prayers, the promises, and all the future tenses given to us in the Bible. Even under the law, he was the God of hope. Everything was working towards the Messiah. but remember this hope then and now is inspired by his actions his promises of redemption and forgiveness hebrews 10:23 let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful he, who promised, is what? Faithful. We are hopeful because he is faithful. Putting your hope in God is refusing anything but your confidence in his divine order. Now, you can look at what's going on in the world. You can look what's go- what's going on around you or to you. And be impacted and influenced by those things. No doubt about it. I'm victim of I do that. But that's not where my hope is. My hope is in the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. See, even in the Old Testament, the Hebrews, their belief, their religion, if you will, was one of hope, centered in God, from whom all their deliverances and blessings confidently came. But they were looking towards Messiah. They were looking towards what we have. Jeremiah says in 1717, 17, well, not in the year 1717. 17, in chapter 17, verse 17, do not be a terror to me. You are my hope in the day of doom. Can you say that? No, not not. I don't mean can you repeat that. I mean, can you say that? to the Lord. You are my hope in the day of doom. And mean it. Folks, listen to me. Which sounds dumb because you are listening to me because we're on an audio podcast. But uh, take this in. You need, first of all, to read the Word. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Hearing what I'm saying is great. Listening to it, um, downloading it, listening to it again, but you should be reading the Word at the same time. And at the next level, you should be saying out loud what you've heard and what you're reading, and you get all the senses going, and you get the, the spirit man involved and the and the flesh man or woman involved, and it becomes a organic effort to change you from the inside out. Psalm 31 verse 24. Be of good courage. And he shall strengthen your heart. All you who hope in the Lord. Psalm thirty-eight, eighteen: Behold the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him. On those who hope in his mercy. Psalm 39 verses 6 and 7. Surely every man walks about like a shadow. Surely they busy themselves in vain. He heaps up riches and does not know who will gather them. And now, Lord, what do I wait for? My hope is in you. Our hope is in who? You, Lord. Our hope is in the Lord. If you want to be hopeful, then you must be full of the Word, you must be full of the Spirit, and you must be full of Him. Now noah Noah had none of these things; He didn't have these writings to encourage him. He didn't definitely have anybody else preaching to him as far as we know. Now we did have the ancestral stories and all those things, but here is building the ark, and I find it interesting none of his family outside of his sons and their wives and his wife are helping him. Where are his cousins? Where are his aunts and his uncles? I don't know, but they're not there. Hebrews eleven seven By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. We've talked about Noah. You can read about Noah, which you should. So much going on there. But Noah had faith in the Lord God. And he had hope in the outcome of his efforts and what he was doing without knowing the particulars. He really didn't know. He just did what he was told. All of the great heroes of faith in Hebrews 11 had hope. A hope that for the most part went unfulfilled in this reality. We live in a world today that we want to see results quickly. The enemy has dumbed us down. He has weakened us. He has made us lazy. And I, for one, am tired of it. I've been doing this now for 12 years. And I am surprised, let me use that word, at how little things have changed in the body. People still want their ears ticked. They still want the tickle. They want the the show. They want the lights and the mirrors. They want the sounds. They want the concerts. They want all of this external gratification. But for the most part, they don't want repentance. They don't want holiness. If you're listening to me, I believe that you want that. I believe that you desire for more. I believe that you personally and corporately are tired of what you're seeing and hearing. We need a renewed commitment to doing something about that. Those heroes of faith all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had an opportunity to return. But now they desire a better, that is a heavenly country. Therefore God is not ashamed to be their God for he has prepared a city for them. This is not our home. A better place, a heavenly city, awaits us. But while we are here, we will tarry and we will occupy. We will destroy the work of the enemy, one person, one soul at a time. We will tear down strongholds in people's minds and therefore tear down a stronghold in an area. We will set the captives free. We will heal the sick, the lame, the deaf, the blind, raise the dead, cast out demons so that they can no longer hinder, harass, and oppress one person, one soul at a time. And we will teach people about hope. Because when you put your hope in him, I mean seriously, sincerely, without holding back, you no longer have confidence in the natural. You will not be swayed. You won't be dismayed. You won't be pushed off your feet. Because you know that all natural things, all created things, whether... Of the world or of man or systems they're weak they're fleeting and they're prone to fail i look back on the thirty three years i've been saved no thirty four years eighty eight yeah thirty four it'll be thirty four years in october math isn't it fun um thirty four years in october And some of the things I thought were truths then, I realize now were not. They were elements of truth. They were based on bad teaching. I now understand many of the things that I put my confidence in were man-made crutches that were used to, I guess, pump people up, excite them. I, somebody sent me a video today of one such teaching, and I just shook my head and went, no, no, this has no basis in Scripture. This is taking one Scripture out of context and building a feel-good emotional teaching out of it. But it wasn't what he said. My hope is in the Lord. My hope is in the purity of His Word. My hope is in the power of the Holy Spirit. My hope is in the name of Yeshua. See, he's a supernatural God, therefore our hope is in his supernatural nature. And that's why we must walk by faith and not by sight. Let me say that part again. We must walk by faith and not by sight. See, the world... The flesh and the devil, they want you to walk by sight. They want to manipulate you. They want to seduce you. They want to weaken you. And we have got to turn our heads, close our eyes, turn towards the word, and reject what the world has to say. God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the father of Yeshua, creator of the universe. And he alone is who our hope is in. Deuteronomy 32, verses 3 and 4. For I proclaim the name of the Lord, ascribe greatness to our God. He is the rock, his work is perfect. For all his ways are justice, a God of truth and without injustice, righteous and upright is he. See, that's why you got to speak this word out loud. I don't know about you, but those words just hit me, hit my spirit, man, made me pull my shoulders back. Psalm 18, starting verse one, I will love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. The pangs of death surrounded me, and the floods of ungodliness made me afraid. The sorrows of Sheol surrounded me, the snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord, and I cried out to my God, He heard my voice from his temple, and my cry came before him, even to his ears. You have hope because he hears you. He knows you by name. You have access to the throne room. You've been given access by Yeshua, by his sacrifice. You don't need another man. You don't need another woman. You don't need a system. You don't need a ritual you can boldly approach that throne of grace and mercy. Psalm 62, verses 1 and 2. Truly my soul waits for God. From him comes my salvation. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. What's going on in your life right now that's got you off balance? What's happening around you? That's got you scared, got you worried, got you stressed out, got you drained of life. You need to stand upon the rock. You need to stand with him. You need to say in your mind, I shall not be greatly moved because he is my defense. Hear my cry, O God. Attend to my prayer. From the end of the earth I will cry to you. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you have been a shelter for me, a strong tower from the enemy. I will abide in your tabernacle forever. I will trust in the shelter of your wings. Selah. That was Psalm 61, verses 1 through 4. Psalm 119, verses 49 and 50. Remember the word to your servant upon which you have caused me to hope. This is my comfort, and my affliction, for your word has given me life. I just read one, two, three, four, five scriptures to you. You could take that section of this teaching, cut out the clip, and play it every day to yourself. Listen to it. Let the fervor and the passion and the spirit that came from my lips, from my heart, over you, wash over you every day if you wanted to. Because he is as good as his word. But to trust in it, you must know it. So when you feel hopeless, you need to fill up on the hope in his word. It doesn't matter whether you think you're, the cup's half full or half empty. The fact is you need more. Which takes us back to Hebrews 12, verse 1 and 2. Therefore we also He walked that hill after being beaten and torn apart. He let them nail him to a cross. He let them drain him of every drop of blood to lay him in a tomb that wasn't even his because he knew, he had hopeful assurance that the Father was going to raise him from the dead. Our hope comes from his position in heaven. And our positional authority with Him is a reassurance when things get tough. Let me be blunt: this fallen world stinks. I don't mean as an aroma; it does that too. This, when when He cleanses it, it'll, it'll be a good thing. Creation's groaning for it. But since we're here, let's endure. Let's stand. Let's do this right. Let's be reassured with our hope in him. Paul says this in Philippians 4, starting with verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Messiah Yeshua. And you could look at that and go, what? What? Paul, you you want me to rejoice? Don't you know what I'm going through? Have you seen my bank account? Have you heard me crying in my room and the tears I've shed? Do, do you even see what's on the news? And, well, no, he hasn't. He's dead. But if he weren't, he'd still say the same thing. In fact, he'll tell you exactly what you should do during these tough times. Because he used them when he went through his own. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. These things which you have learned and received, received and heard and saw in me, these do. And the God of peace will be with you. He's saying, think about these things. Dwell on them. Esteem them. Hold on to them. Conversely, he's saying, reject anything that doesn't match this. Hasatan and the fallen are brilliant, brilliant. And I don't do say this because I admire them. I'm just stating the obvious. They are brilliant in how they have gotten the church and the world to not do those things. Technology, the ways of the world, uh, the care, all these things. The enemy has done everything in their power to get our mind off of the things which are noble and pure and lovely and of a good report and have virtue. But Paul says if you do that, the God of peace will be with you. Inverse logic, which is something I use a lot, says that if you do not do them, there'll be no peace because your mind will not be where God can influence it. When that happens, hope becomes doubt because it's been overwhelmed by earthly things, by an earthly mindset, by fear, by anger, by rejection, by all the aspects of the kingdom of darkness. Earthly thinking and emotions drain your cup of hope. Been thinking about that today. I know some people who I care about are going through some really, really bad times. And they're on the verge of losing hope. They're so overwhelmed. They, they don't know which way is up. And it's really easy to tell them, do this, do that, you know. But the fact is, if you've ever been that low, that beat up, that depressed, that overwhelmed, all you want to do is lay down and die. But it's at that moment that your spirit man or woman is connected to the Holy Spirit. And he begins to speak scripture to you. He begins to bring to mind a song, a psalm, a memory, a testimony. He reminds you that you're being prayed for, don't give up. Hold on. Because we still hold this treasure in earthen vessels vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. Listen to me if you're listening. Listen to me. You are hard pressed on every side, but you're not crushed. You may feel like you are, but you're not. You're perplexed. You're confused. The enemy's got a hold of your mind, but you're not in despair. You have hope. You've been persecuted, yes, but you're not forsaken. You feel struck down, but you are not destroyed because your Heavenly Father loves you, because the Lord loves you, because He shed His blood for you. The angels are there for you, the Holy Spirit's in you. If you are a born again believer, you have hope. So rise up, reclaim your life, cast aside all those things that have weighed you down, all the false teachings. All the false expectations, all the things that have tripped you up, let them go. If you need to cut loose people, cut them loose. If they're supposed to be in your life, the Lord will bring them back. But sometimes when a ship is sinking, you got to relieve it of some of the weight on board. So Father, I'm going to stop right now, right here for that person, that individual, those people who that applied to, that word I just gave. And I'm praying for them and and agree with me, saints, that in the name of Yeshua, whatever the enemy's doing, whatever oppression, outside, inside, left or right, up or down, wherever it's coming from, we touch and we agree that it be broken, that the light and the glory, the glory of the Lord from the throne room itself would shine down upon them and overwhelm them. And they would find their way out. They would find their way out of that darkness and into his light, into his safety, into his rest. In Yeshua's name. Amen. Second Corinthians 4, verse 16. Therefore we do not lose hope. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. If you feel hopeless and you have no joy, no peace, if you're filled with anxiety or fear over your circumstances or your life, you will not endure the days ahead because you're probably having difficulty now. Make a choice today to guard your heart and your mind from anything that harms it, from anything that takes you away from what I'm talking about, because even the smallest thing will begin to destroy the peace and the contentment you seek. Even the slightest complaint or negative word from your lips will start the rot that will destroy the vine of life given to you by the Lord. Hebrews eleven one, Faith is confidence, not what we hope for, and assurance about what we do not see. And all those heroes of faith, they lived by faith even when they died. They didn't receive any of the things they were promised or praying for. They only saw them. Moses saw it in the distance because they knew that they'd get those things when they got home. They say, Richard, you're talking about hope, but you keep saying faith. I believe faith and hope go hand in hand because faith in him allows you to hope in the outcome. So let nothing, no thing, natural or supernatural, hinder you from enduring to the end. Noah persevered. Persevered, I don't know what that is, but if he did it, we would have read about it. He persevered during a time of unimaginable evil and suffering, and yet he finished the job of building the ark. Sealed in with his family and all the animals, None of whom, the people, the family, or the animals, had Noah's faith. They were along for the ride. No idea what was happening. They didn't know where they were going. They didn't know what would happen when the water came. They didn't even know if the water would recede. But the Bible tells us in Genesis seven eleven, that when Noah entered the ark in the second month of his six hundredth year, he didn't leave it again to the first month of his 61st year, which is Genesis 8.13, which means Noah spent over 10 months, actually 10 and a half months, on the ark. This wasn't a 40-day trip. And I'm sure there were times with the windows sealed the animals making their noises, doing what they do, his family. I'm sure there were moments he wondered. But then he looked and he saw the animals and he saw what God had told them to do and why he told them to do it. And hope came from the cargo on board that ark. It told him that the Lord God meant for them to endure. To do that, they would have to see dry land again. So sometimes the aspects of the journey are there to inspire us to hold on. He gives us a reason why to go on, and then he shows us how. So we see in Genesis 8 that at the end of 40 days, Noah opened the window of the ark. He sends out a raven who kept flying to and fro and never came back. So he sends out a dove. But the dove, finding no place to rest or set her foot, returned back to the ark. So he receives her in his hand. He waits yet another seven days. And he sends the dove out again. This time the dove comes back to him in that, e- that evening with a freshly plucked olive leaf in her mouth peace and no one knew that the waters were receding from the earth because for her to land on an olive tree and grab a leaf it was almost time but he waited another seven days and he sent out the dove again but this time the dove didn't return didn't need to So it came to pass on the 601st year in the first month, the first day of the month, the waters dried up from the earth. And Noah removed the covering of the ark and looked, and indeed, the surface of the ground was dry. So two months after the mountain peaks appeared, the ground is dry, but you know what? It's still not time to get off the ark. How many of us, would have seen that and jumped off the ark. Which would have been a headache of a jump. You probably wouldn't have survived it. But the fact is, you would have wanted to get on the ground. But it's not ready for you to be on the ground. If you look at verse 14, And in the second month, on the 27th day of the month, the earth was dried. Two more months, and the sovereign God dried the land enough for them to walk on it. And that same term for dry land is used in Genesis 1 to indicate that he's the one who dried the land. Genesis 1, 9, and God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together in one place and let the dry land appear, and it was so. And God called the dry land earth, and the gathering of the waters he called the seas. And God saw that it was good. Same term for dry land. in Genesis 1 is in Genesis 8. And it was good, because it was God. So even in the days of Noah, there was hope. Initially the ark was their hope. Built precisely to the specifications given to save them from what was coming. But you know what? People saw what they were doing. They didn't recognize it. They didn't heed the warnings to get on board. Not everybody's going to heed your warnings. Not everybody's going to see what you're saying to them. You could give them this Bible study. And they might not get it. Hopefully, something I said under the power of the Holy Spirit would be received, but they wouldn't understand what I'm talking about. But Noah and his family, they had hope. They heeded the warnings. They got on the ark. So here, let me let me do another off-script, if you if you will. I call it going off-road doesn't matter whether you think they'll get on the ark of the Lord. Tell them anyway. Tell them about the calamity that's coming. Tell them the only way to survive this calamity was to be on the ark of Yeshua. Romans 5, verse 1. Therefore, since we have been justified that is, acquitted of sin, declared blameless before God by faith. Let us grasp the fact that we have peace with God and the joy of reconciliation with him through Adonai, Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah. Through him we also have access by faith into this remarkable state of grace in which we firmly and safely and securely stand. Let us rejoice in our hope and the confident assurance of experiencing and enjoying the glory of our great God, the manifestation of his excellence and power, and not only this, but with joy. Let us exalt in our sufferings and rejoice in our hardships, knowing that hardships, distress, pressure, trouble, produces patient endurance, and endurance, proven character spiritual maturity, and proven character, hope, and confident assurance of eternal salvation. Such hope in God's promises never disappoints us, because God's love has been poured out abundantly within our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who is given to us. That makes my point. Our hope is otherworldly, not based on anything natural or intellectual, not temporal, but eternal. So even the trials and even the stresses and the worries that you're in the middle of, you can have hope. No matter what happens, we know that he cares and he's making a way for us. We have Yeshua and the promise of eternal life in him. That should be enough. We have his word. We have everything I've shared tonight and so much more I could have put in, but we wouldn't have made it in an hour. There's an artist named Crowder. It's a band's name, it's his last name. He has a song called He Is. And this is the refrain. He is hope for the hopeless, rest for the weary, help for the hurting. He is. He is. Mending the broken, bearing the burdens. All that you're needing. He is. So what do you do now? And what do you do now? Well, you live the life of a believer. That's what you do. You behave like you believe in the King of kings and the Lord of lords. No matter what, you love without hypocrisy. You abhor what is evil. You cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. In honor, giving preference to one another. Not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. It's Romans twelve, nine through thirteen. Constantly rejoicing in hope because of our confidence. In Messiah, steadfast and patient in distress, devoted to prayer, continually seeking wisdom, guidance, and strength. Why? Because you're hopeful. Father, okay, I wrote it down. He said, say it. I wrote down amen with the question. Amen? Amen. Amen. Want you to come into agreement. I get it. I almost messed that up. Amen. Amen. Father, we come to you now in the name of Yeshua. Our hope. Our anchor. Our rock. Lord, take this message out even in the spirit to those that are not listening, that need what it has to say. To those I've thought about while speaking to some of the people we mentioned in the beginning. You can take these words, this message to them in the spirit. I pray that you would. I pray that those that have listened have heard. And I pray that if they've heard, they've received. And if they've received, they will act upon it. That the wounds are being healed. The heaviness is being lifted. The confusion is going away. that the cup is full, runs over, and they have hope, abundant hope, hope that they can share with others, give somebody a sip who's desperately needs a drink from that cup. Lord, you're all we have, all we need, all we hope for. You are everything to us. You were everything to the Father, and he gave you to us so that we could be reconciled, reconnected to him. Thank you, Lord. Touch your children right now. Reach them, heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit. Change them, awaken them, empower them, so we can do all that we've been called to do. But most of all, we can love without hypocrisy, Abhor to what is evil and to cling to to what is good. Cling to you. Cling to you, the ark, the rock of our salvation. I pray all these things in Yeshua's name. Amen. I hope, not for my own satisfaction, but I hope this message has reached to you. I'm hoping that it's broken through the darkness, broken through the pain, broken you free of anything that has hindered you. So, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you, be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, give you shalom. I'm Richard Grund. This has been The Porch on Firefall Talk Radio.